You are now listening to Men of March, presented by StudentUnionSports.com. And welcome back to another Men of March podcast. I am your host, Austin Montgomery, and I'm joined by my guy, Dan Jakes. Uh, Dan, how are you doing today? Man, it uh, was a tough weekend on the uh, betting spectrum for us. So, ho- hopefully, uh, hoping to bounce back this week. Yeah, it wasn't. Uh, we've had some right calls and some wrong calls, but the tweeted picks on the weekend didn't not go well. Uh, UConn plus seven and a half. What a hell of a beat! I don't know if we should. We'll, we'll count that on our record, but damn, um, UConn was in control the whole game, and then. Uh, we get a, a dunk with like 26 seconds to go. Villanova covers. Uh, UConn couldn't get the must-needed win. Just fell short on that one. Kind of got screwed on that. And then I think the only bet I, I won on the weekend was West Virginia plus three and a half. They came back from an 18-point deficit and shocked Texas on the road. So it kind of evens out. And then my USC Virginia picks were eh, we've been talk we talked shit about Duke the entire time. I bet against them and of course they beat Virginia. And what was a pretty which was a hell of a game. I got to see the replays at the end. I was at Santa Barbara covering the UCSB game over the weekend. But yeah, talk shit about Duke, bet against them and Coach K bites me in the butt. Yeah, I, I think I think the Dukies uh heard you talking shit about them and just figured that they had to ruin your weekend. Uh, I, I will say only, only pick I got right uh, for the week was Wichita State uh, upsetting – or, yeah, upsetting Houston. Um, but uh, Furman – or uh, Mercer upsetting Furman and uh, the Chattanooga plays were uh, – they were, they were tough to watch. I'll, I'll just say exactly. that much. Uh, but we'll, we'll, we'll get better. The one thing that we were right about, though, you said Ohio State and Michigan was going to be the game of the year, and damn, was it the game of the year, and then some. It, it, it was so much fun to watch. I, I got to watch the second half. I had basketball games for the first half of the game, but um, any any team that hits 11 threes in a game, they, uh, they're, they're most likely going to win, to say the least. So um, it, it just seemed anything that Michigan was throwing up was going in, and Ohio State didn't have any um, answers for the offensive boards that Michigan were getting. Yeah, these were just two great teams. Uh, the first half, each team, it wasn't like they were playing bad defense. There's over 80 points scored in the first half. They are just making gnarly shots. Dwayne Washington was awesome. Waddell was awesome. Wagner and Dickinson were falling. Isaiah Livers, Brooks, even Brooks, every time they needed Brooks to hit a key shot for Michigan, he was able to get a bucket, one of the more underrated players in college basketball. He is. But it was just a great game to start off a Sunday. People complaining about there's no NFL. Well, you had Ohio State, Michigan just getting buckets. It's just an entertaining back-and-forth game to the end. And it kind of was a shame that I had to end on a this a ludicrous turnover by suing at the end there with a minute to go. And Michigan was able to walk away with it, but they deserved it. They proved that they're in that upper tier class with Baylor and Gonzaga, that they are the third best team 
and maybe even the second and the first best team in the country, Michigan. I don't know if I would go that far, but they they put themselves in that conversation, and, how, and Ohio State proved that they're not far off. Uh, people were saying Ohio State were kind of fluky back in January, that the talent level of the team wasn't as superior as a traditional one seed. I think they, Dwayne Washington and Liddell, disproved that, and Holtman coached butt off, and Ohio State's going to be a tough out in the tournament. They deserve to be to be in that one seed category, and I just can't wait for March. That was, that was kind of a preview going into March Madness of how basketball is going to be played, and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I, I will say that was uh, the most watched college basketball game since uh, Kentucky and Tennessee back in 2019. Uh, Two point, uh, I think, six million viewers on CBS. So um, it, I, I want to say that those uh, football people were tuning in this weekend or this past weekend, I should say. And outside of outside of the Ohio State Michigan game, we had. A, a lot of other surprising matchups we saw. We've kind of mentioned Duke kind of came back from the dead after Jalen Johnson. They beat Virginia. But what about Kentucky coming back from the dead and beating Tennessee? What the hell was up with that? Hey, I, I, I want to say I, I mentioned that the most dangerous teams were the ones that got hot before their conference tournaments uh, last week. And I, I want to say Kentucky, they're, they're finding their groove and um, they're, they're starting to look a lot better. They're starting to look like a John Calipari um, Kentucky and team. We had also, just from Sunday, we had a really interesting Monday, Tuesday slate, like teams lost. We had Oklahoma getting bounced by Kansas State wearing some interesting uniforms. We had Illinois losing to Michigan State, Missouri. Missouri loss, Texas Tech loss. What were, what were just kind of your takeaways from those games? Man, it, it was a, a tough week for teams to be ranked. Um, and it's, it's only Wednesday. So um, I, I can only hope that this weekend and the rest of this week provides uh, some great matchups. Um, I, I want to say that the bubble teams are just starting to show how desperate they are. Now, I'm not saying Kansas State's a bubble team because they're not going to make any postseason tournament this year. But Michigan State, they're starting to get hot at the right time. Um, Duke, uh, NC State going to Virginia, upsetting the um, who's this weekend or today. Um, Texas Tech losing, Kansas losing to Texas. It, it's, it's just starting to feel like March with all these upsets. Exactly. We have a game that's playing like a March game that's going on while we're recording this. Alabama and Arkansas. Arkansas is up 52 to 47 in the second half. I have a pretty significant bet on Alabama here. So I'm hoping we don't get another upset. You might hear me a little screaming, <laughs> maybe a random F-bomb here in the podcast. Arkansas just shot a three. Oh, they missed it. There we go. But yeah, we, Arkansas, Bama, like the whole, the whole SEC – is going bonkers. And then for bubble teams, we have uh, Boise State that swept Utah State this weekend. That was a great series with those teams. And then we had a great game with St. Louis and VCU. uh, And I think St. Louis is just one of those teams I just feel bad for, like COVID hit them at the most horrible time. They started 7-1. and 
They had a win against LSU in the non-conference, and then they hit a COVID pause, immediately lost to Dayton, lost to LaSalle. They won four in a row, thought they were going get, to get their groove back. And then on Friday, they just got their bells rocked by Dayton, lost by 25 in an inexcusable, inexcusable loss. And then without playing VCU, without VCU's best player, uh, they lost on a very controversial – I think kind of BS call, but it shouldn't have come to that. And now St. Louis finds themselves outside the bubble. One of, and they were one of my, my second favorite mid-major team outside of Gonzaga. I thought they're going to be the San Diego state this year. Now they kind of find themselves outside the NCAA tourney conversation. Yeah. They, they're kind of in a tough spot right now. Um, I, I think for sure that they will have to win at least the remainder of their schedule and then um, a game or two in their conference tournament um, to solidify an NCAA tournament bid. Um, really, I, I also think that Richmond has really underperformed this year. Um, I was really high on them in the non-con or before um, conference play this season. And so for them to be where they're at, it, it's kind of a shocker to me. But like you said, St. Louis finding themselves on the outside looking in. Um, Belmont, Winthrop, they just keep churning out wins in the mid-major talk. I mean, they're, they're just – they're running through their conference like a knife through hot butter. Exactly. And well, let's get back to the bubble. Um, Dan, you're a big bracketology guy. You're part of the award-winning Delphi bracketology staff. Uh kind of a group of students who did bracketology with the pros, like competed with Joe Lenardi, the Fox Sports guys, Andy Katz, and got the most actually most accurate bracket a few years ago. You're a part of that. Kind of tell me how is the bubble shaking out for you, just kind of being familiar with the whole process of teams getting into the NCAA tournament, and which bubble team is most intriguing to you? For me, it's kind of turning into the major conference bubbles kind of cannibalizing themselves. You see John Rothstein tweeting that the A-10, the Big Ten cannibalizing itself. It, it just kind of the teams that don't have great resumes but are beating the upper echelon teams in their conference are starting to put their uh, resumes together. And so I think that kind of hurts mid-major teams. But I do think that come conference tournament time, those bubble teams will either play, their self, play themselves in or out of the bracket. Um, looking at Michigan State, I, I think they're kind of the most intriguing. They have the best opportunities coming forward. They play Ohio State Thursday. So I think they're putting themselves in a very good conversation at least to be uh, put in. What are the, what do you, so we talked about Duke beating Virginia. Duke's won their last, they're on a little uh, nice winning streak here. Have they played themselves into the bubble conversation yet? I think Duke was always going to be in the conversation just because it's Duke. Um, I think you could kind of say the same thing about Kentucky as well two teams that have really not been great this season, but being blue, blue bloods 
being teams that are normally in, in the NCAA tournament, they're kind of put on, I don't want to say put on a pedestal, but they're looked at a different way than most teams would be. And so I think that if they can end up winning out the season and maybe not even winning the conference tournaments, but they would, they would be considered bid stealers taking those conference tournament uh, automatic auto bids. Yeah, I can feel that with Duke. And, you know, there's a little update in the Bama game. Your boy is not doing good. Arkansas just went on an 8-0 run here. So, whew. so we're, we're starting to we're, sweat we're a little sweating. bit. We're sweating. We're sweating. We're sweating. <laughs> we're sweating. We're sweating. So we'll kind of get into the what bubble talk can do to get off the bubble is winning their conference tournament. And when it's conference tournament season, we got Jerome season. The Jerome email just came out today. If you guys don't know the Jerome, what Jerome is, it's a con- little contest with writers, contact writers, and just all college basketball fans now. Uh, we'll probably tweet out a link from our Twitter, at Men of Mars, where you just pick the winner of each conference tournament. And the person who picks the most has the first, you get points for the first, for having a first place finish, a second place finish, a first or second place finish. And it just, there's about 500 people, and it's just kind of a fun little competition for people on the college basketball internet streets. And it just got sent today. So um, we have the Big South tournament starting on Saturday. So I just kind of want to run through. Who do we have in each conference tournament, Daniel? What do you want to start? We'll start with American East. So America East kind of went chalk here. I took Vermont to win their conference tournament. I think they are the best team that consistently kind of win their bracket or not bracket, but win their conference tournament. So I, I kind of went chalk with this pick and took Vermont. All right, we'll just run through it. Just run through all. Oh, oh my, my fault. My so fault. for the America East, I went Vermont, the Atlantic Sun. I went Liberty, Atlantic 10, St. Louis, Big South, Winthrop, Colonial, Charleston, Horizon, Wright State, Missouri Valley, Loyola, Chicago, Northeast, Bryant, Ohio Valley, Belmont, Patriot, Colgate, Southern, UNCG, Summit, North Dakota State, Sunbelt, Little Rock, and then West Coast Gonzaga. I don't think we had a similar – I don't think we've had a common common one. I think we're going all different here. So, for American <laughs> East, I went a little contrarian. I love the Hartford Whalers. Love their team. Atlantic Sun. I usually don't I, – I think it's the only one I really went chalky was Liberty. Um, Atlantic 10, I love me some fast wrestle with Rhode Island. Big South, I lied. I did go chalk with Winthrop. They keep winning. Colonial Athletic, James Madison. Their games are on Flow Sports. You can't watch them. I don't know anything about the Colonial Athletic. So, went chalk there. Horizon, Cleveland State is a little sleeper there. I think they can upset Wright State. They play great three-point defense. I think it's an interesting matchup for them. Missouri Valley, Loyola, Chicago. Northeast, St. Francis, Pennsylvania, Ohio Valley. I almost went Moorhead State here, but at the end of the day, I can't imagine a tournament without watching this Belmont team. So hopefully Belmont gets it done. Patriot, 
support the troops, Army, Southern, love the three-point shooting for Farage from Furman. Summit, have to give it out to my guy Todd Lee, head coach of the South Dakota Coyotes. Some belt Georgia State. And West Coast, let's go with the field here. I think Gonzaga, I'm not one, I'm not even sure if Gonzaga makes a trip to the WCC tournament. That's a conversation in and of itself. And then are the guys really going to want to be there? BYU is going to be desperate. Pepperdine is going to be desperate. They're kind of looking ahead to the NCAA tournament. I've seen stack is that Gonzaga teams lose in the WCC final. St. Mary's beat them a few years ago. And everyone's going to have Gonzaga. So I'm going to be contrarian, contrarian and take the field. Yeah, I looking back, I probably would change my Southern pick. UNCG. Um, I, I really like this conference just in general. I, I think there are some really good teams. Greg Gary got a big win against Chattanooga today. Um, so I think that th this conference, the Southern Conference, is very wide open for anybody to win, truthfully. Conference, the Southern Conference, is very wide open for anybody to win truthfully. Yeah. And I think another one, another conference, well, obviously the A-10, the A-10 is actually really weird this year because they're starting early, but they play their championship game on selection Sunday. Yeah. So the, there's the, like a, there's a, there's like a four or, or five day break. I think it's more than that. Uh, let me see. The A-10 schedule is wacky as hell. But it's kind of what, what are your thoughts on that? They, they're starting early. And I think all conference tournaments this year need to start early or they need to move the tournament back. Because for those that you don't know, to, to go into the NCAA tournament, you have to have seven days of negative test. And the conference tournament and the NCAA tournament, they're about – most of them are four to five days apart. And so where you're having all these teams and in one place playing games or games and games after each other, hubbed in these cities, some of these cities having fans, like it's pretty easy to get COVID there. And I would hate to ha have a team that is playing well in their conference tourney. And then all of a sudden they have to hit COVID pause and they have to miss out on the NCAA tournament. Like, I'm not really sure why conference tournaments – I love – even though I love conference tournaments, conf, conference tournaments, it's my favorite weekend of the year. There's a lot of people that, are the, people that are making compelling arguments if we should have them or not. But if you're going to have them, I think you have just have to be safe and not put the main tournament in jeopardy for certain teams, if that makes sense. So it's going to be really interesting – a lot of these teams are going to have to be disciplined in their hotels, disciplined in their bubbles. I hope everything works out. We don't have a situation where a team gets the COVID outbreak at one of these small conference tournaments. So we'll see how it goes. I, th I think the weirdest concept is the A-10s conference tournament. They, they are playing games at Richmond and VCU, I believe. And then their championship games being held in Dayton, which just – it, it amazes me that they're even going to three different sites for their games. 
Well, the, the moving the site to Dayton sort of makes sense because the loser might be in the might get into the playing game, which is in Dayton, so they don't have to make that travel. So, and that or they're kind of like explaining that. I was listening to the their uh, press release and they had a quick quick presser on the schedule of like, why they're doing it, and that part of it was the only thing that really made sense. But mm-hmm. everything else about it is whack. So I guess they still want to start early, but they still want the TV money playing being played on Selection Sunday, which is kind of like a weird in, in of its of itself. Like I've, I've always wondered why they're playing games on Selection Sunday. They're giving less time for the community for the committee to do their job right. But well, for the most part, on Selection Sunday, the committee has most of the teams where they are going to be set, or at least that was how it was with us at Delphi Bracketology. We had different scenarios to where said team loses championship game, then they bump down to this slot. But for the most part, selection the selection committee should already have the majority of that bracket set. So... I don't think that they have too much time to actually make decisions, but I will say that it does kind of play into that TV money deal that you were talking about. Exactly. Just kind of all eyes are on college basketball for, for March. And I respect it. Like go get your, like get money for the conferences, get the viewership, get the eyes going. It's, it was just always one of those weird things. Moving forward, this is the last week of February, man. Like, we're getting closer to March. Uh, what sticks out to you? I really, I really, really, really think tomorrow has a great slate of games. Iowa at Michigan, Ohio State at Sparty. And really under-the-radar game to me this the rest of this week is Western Kentucky at Houston. I think the Hilltoppers can really put their name into some – automatic bid conversation if they beat Houston at Houston. So I, I think that that game is really intriguing to me. Bellarmine at Liberty, that's another really intriguing game. The two top teams in the A-Sun. Belmont at Moorhead State, like you had mentioned, Moorhead State could be the sleeper team in the uh, OVC. So I think that game could be really good. I think Belmont opened up as seven and a half point favorites in that game. And, or maybe that was their game against Jackson uh, State. And then Iowa at Ohio State on Sunday and the Nevada-Utah State weekend series. Yeah, there's a lot. Well, we'll start with kind of breaking down the Ohio State-Michigan game. Ohio State obviously coming off that loss of Michigan. Uh, Michigan State just beat Illinois at home. Now they get a chance to have another resume-boosting win. Just kind of what are your thoughts? How do you see see that one playing out? Uh, I think Michigan State might be the hottest team in the country right now, beating IU at IU, beating Illinois at home, and then getting the opportunity to beat Ohio State at home. I think that if Ohio State doesn't come out and play well, um, really keep Hauser and Bingham, uh, Bing, yeah, I think it's Bingham, um, off the offensive boards, I, I think that 
they could be in um, some serious upset watch um, come sun or come tomorrow night. And then on the other Big Ten game, Michigan hosting Iowa. Michigan coming off a big win against Ohio State. Now they have to play a consecutive top Big Ten opponent. Uh, Iowa's kind of just been rolling. Won their last four. Three of the last four by double digits. They had a little bit of a scare against Penn State, but they beat Wisconsin by 15, beat Michigan State by 30, beat Rutgers by 13. Now, big game on the road at Michigan. And they get Ohio State this weekend as well. So talk about a hell of a slate of games. Uh, what do you see in that one? I really see more of the same for Michigan. They're just going to keep rolling out wins. I think that Iowa defensively is not good enough to beat Michigan. I think Hunter Dickinson versus Luca Garza is going to be so much fun to watch, though. It, it is. It's going to be a battle in the post. I think just the shooting capabilities on both teams, I think it's something that they can light up the scoreboard. I think another underrated game, like people, if you want to stay up late, is we got a big matchup in the Pac-12 with Colorado and USC. USC going, playing at Colorado, always a tough place to play. Evan Mobley, got McKinley Wright going at it. Colorado State, or Colorado's not necessarily big, but they have, like, tough bigs per se, like Evan, Evan Batty is a top big man. He's averaging, he's been there for, at Colorado forever. He's a little smaller though. He's kind of like a Charles Barkley type. It's like 6'8", 262. So not very high or lengthy, lengthy, but he's a really big body, can box out, is good on the boards. So I'm really interested to see, Colorado is one of the only few teams in the country that kind of have has that grittiness to them to match USC's physicality, if that makes sense. And Colorado is always tough to play at home. They're a two-and-a-half-point favorite. USC's just kind of been rolling. They lost to Arizona, but they roll through Oregon. And Colorado, I'm not sure where they're at as far as the bubble situation goes, but I feel like a win against USC will – basically solidify their tournament chances. I, th I think it would be – it doesn't hurt to win at this time of year. Let's just say that much. <laughs> and then the other game on the West Coast, on the West Coast, which is, I think is going to be our bet of the show, it's Boise State going to Viejas to play the Aztecs. Top two teams in the Mountain West, Boise State's coming off a sweep against Utah State. I think Boise State's the best team in the conference. They're getting six and a half points. San Diego State's really good. Matt Mitchell has really recovered and hasn't really slacked despite getting injured in that Utah State game. He's one of the toughest guys around, total stud. He's going to keep rolling for SDSU. Boise State might have the talented, most talented roster with Derek Alston, a projected NBA draft pick, Pac-12 transfers, or Power 5 transfers, rather, all over the floor, Emmanuel Acop, Marcus Shaver. 
Ray Dennis, all they're all studs. And San Diego State's one of those teams that can match them talent for talent. So we'll see. Leon Rice and Dutcher is a good coaching matchup. Boise State pushed them actually last year in the Mount West tournament. Like this kind of same group of guys without ACOT. And uh, they pushed a more talented San Diego State team. So I'm really interested. I have a Boise State future to win the Mountain West. So I'm going to be rooting for the Broncos heavily here. But that's one of the games I'm really fired up to see. Yeah, I think I, I love the coaching matchup, like you mentioned. Leon Rice versus Brian Dutcher. I, I think they're both really great coaches. I wish that I could watch more of their games, truthfully. Um, having the opportunity to see those two coach against one another is primetime television, though. So I, I think I'll be catching some late Zs this weekend. Exactly. And then we have one more game. Teams are kind of when uh, pauses happened. I really like what Houston and Western Kentucky did. Scheduled this game last week. Prime spot for Houston to play a quality team in Western Kentucky. Western Kentucky gets to play uh, who is a bubble team that's kind of in the field, the best team in Conference USA. Has a good chance to earn a large bid here if they can't win the conference uh, USA tournament. Tournament. What do you see in that game? I think, like you mentioned, their their win against Alabama earlier in the season really has carried a lot of stock for them. With Alabama performing like they are, possible SEC champions or regular season champion, I should say, it, it is not looking likely that they're going to clinch it tonight. Sorry, Austin, but. <laughs> it does look like Western Kentucky is kind of putting, trying to put themselves in the field that way, if they do end up losing in the conference, USA. Western Kentucky is putting themselves in position to play themselves into an at-large bid. Yeah, I think so too. I think this is a weird matchup for Houston. I think they did this did this on purpose. Uh, Western Charles Bassey, NBA talent, one of the best rebounders in all of college basketball. And we know Houston just feast on the boards. They just get out through it with Gresham and all those guys and. Western Kentucky is a really fun team to watch. They're one of my favorite mid-majors. I was on their train earlier in the year. Tavion Hollinsworth, Bassey, Carson, Carson, um, I think Carson Williams. I was trying to think of his name. I was almost going to say Carson Edwards. But uh, Carson Williams is a good glue guy for them. And they got some talent. And I think they can make noise in the tournament. I would not want to see them as a 12 seed. And this is probably the toughest team Houston plays on their schedule. I, I know they just lost to Wichita State, and Shocker fans may heavily disagree with that. But I think Western Kentucky is probably more talented than any other team in the American. We, we already saw them beat Memphis pretty handily. Maybe SMU's up there as well. But 
there's not many teams on Houston's schedule that are at the caliber of Western Kentucky. So I think this is also a pretty good game for them as well, as far as just getting them going and seeing uh, Kelvin Sampson can just see, get a better picture of where his team is at. Absolutely. I, I think Kelvin Sampson put his team in this situation, just like you said, to give them a different look. <clears throat> and I think that it was a really smart play by him and it really helps Western Kentucky in the long run as well. So I, I give kudos to both teams for making this game happen. Exactly. So with that being said, we'll preview. We'll give our official picks for this weekend. So who is our bet for we're recording this Wednesday? It's going to come out Thursday. So who is your bet for tonight, I should say? So my bets look like Western Kentucky plus 12, at Houston, I really like them to cover 12. That's a big spread, even though I do think Houston comes out with a little chip after losing to Wichita State. I think that Charles Bassey keeps the Hilltoppers in the game. I like Liberty Moneyline against Bellarmine. I think those are the two best teams. Liberty got a couple of huge wins over North Alabama this past weekend. I think they're starting to find their groove. And then I like Iowa plus four at Michigan. I think Michigan ends up winning the game, but I think Iowa's offensive power just kind of wills them to cover that, uh, cover the points. Okay. And then I think, well, I'll just start off with, I think we're going to be on the opposite sides of one of these guys. I think I'm going to take both Michigan teams, Michigan state plus four and a half at, at home against Ohio State, they're just, they're just extremely hot right now. Must win game. I think Michigan State just gets it done. I don't think they really match up well with Ohio State. I think that's just Ohio State's worst matchup possible. They have similar length. Josh Langford's really good at the perimeter. Michigan State's offense is starting to get going. I like them there. And this is the perfect spot to fade Iowa for me. I'm not really high on this Iowa team at all. I think they're going to lose early in the NCAA tournament. Uh, Luca Garza is great. Jordan Bohannon is great. But they just have so many weaknesses. They're relying on the three ball. They can't defend in the interior or in the perimeter. I think Michigan scores close to 90 points in this game. Like, I wish there's – I would not be surprised if Michigan gets close to 100 in this game. They score a minimum of 85, 80-85. Iowa's going to have to keep up. Michigan's too good defensively. I actually love Michigan in this spot, minus four. And then I'll agree with you with Western Kentucky, plus the 12. And then in our bet of the day, Boise State, plus six and a half on the road against San Diego State. They can clinch. I, they clinch a tournament spot with a, with, a, with a win in this matchup. And I think they clinch at least a share of the Mountain West title game with a win as well. I don't think they're too far off as far as talent goes. You're not going to have the crowd in the VA House Center. But I think Boise State plus six and a half play of the show. I, I really like Derek Alston to get it done. I, I, I'm very high on him. I'm very high on this Boise State team. I think Leon Rice is a great coach. San Diego State's a great team, but I think Boise gets it done. Awesome. And hopefully these bets do a lot better than <laughs> last week and a lot better than what Alabama is doing right now. 
Yeah. Anyone keeping track at home? I I have it. I'm a little behind you. I have it 7258, 230 left. I know it's worse than that. But <laughs> but we'll end this uh kind of on a uh, on a good note here. But make sure to follow up me on Twitter, eight Montgomery Live, and then to follow Dan Jakes at Danimal Jakes. And then, and then follow the podcast at Men of March. We'll. It was awesome chatting with you guys and catching up and talking talking college basketball. And we'll see you guys next week. Signing out.